1: Hope you've had a great week. I've had a very um annoying week and it's not like it's just like politics and people shit on Facebook and I'm like I just I'm or oh <laughs> it's just been you know <laughs> I think you ladies feel me. It's just been a really in your face week, right? And it's all going to get worse next week. And uh, it's just like, I don't even, I just, it it is just like, I just want to to kick people, men in the face. I just want to kick men in the face. So, um, yeah, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. So, um, I hope you guys have some questions because Jillian and I couldn't think of a topic. Um, Granted, I would like to, say that neither one of us put a great deal of effort into thinking about a topic either. It was just like, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Do you have a topic? Let's do a writer's table. (laughs) (laughs) The helicopter dick seriously anymore. It, it, it isn't remotely distracting, but yeah, no dicks during the podcast. um Oh, we have a newbie. Oh, okay. Okay. Whenever there's a newbie, she has to deploy the penis copter. So, yeah, it's like a, it's a tradition. Um, they have to be greeted in the manner that our cult has decided in your oh, Sybil, I was thinking about you the other day. I'm glad you're here. Um not the other day, this morning. I don't know why I said the other day. I had posted my um I made some art for myself for uh Nano coming up and it <laughs> when I went when I went to put it on Facebook it tried to tag you as as uh Joe Flanagan. Which is really funny because Facebook also tags me as Joe Flanagan. So it's it's really hilarious. Um, but, yeah, it's on my Facebook profile. I'm sure if I can share it. I'll share it on Twitter, and then I'll have a link. That will work. Right? Shit, I have to actually go to Twitter, I think. Anyways. Yeah, but it tried to tag you as John Shepard. And I'm like, dude. But it also tags me as John Shepard. So, um... Anyway, it, it tickled me, Sybil, so I had to share that with you. Um, I meant to message you earlier about it, but I got distracted. I'm calling my nano for November, patient zero. Um, I'm going to put this up on Twitter. Um, um <laughs> I put in a national a national on the uh the uh the hashtag and it says national drink of beer day, national coffee day, national voter registration day, national Panco- pancake pancake <laughs> pancake day. Is there a Pancock day? I don't know, but maybe there should be. Um novel writing month. I would love to celebrate National Beer Day. I I really would. Um, Let's see if that works. Anyway, it is up on Twitter and you can see it. It's called Patient Zero. Um, That worked in the chat room. Um, I'm really proud of my art. Uh, I was really proud to find those little... uh, It it is very... I, I, I just like it a lot. Um... So anyways <clears throat> tomorrow is National Coffee Day. It's two hours for me. It is a holy day for all of us. Even if you don't drink coffee, um, please acknowledge it for the for the wonderful day that it is and have some tea or something. Or go to Starbucks and get one of those fruit food drinks that's not that's not honestly a whole lot of coffee and pretend, you know, you could do that. Anyways, I'm gonna get Julie on the air, and we're going to. Um, I hope you guys have some questions, because um, I haven't been paying attention. Uh, great, now there's a penis cake in the in the chat room. Anyways, so um, Pe- penis what? There's a penis cake mold in the um, chat room. <sighs> I gotta click. I gotta see. It is a penis. Amazon will sell anything. Oh, they truly will. That it that is not even the lighthouse that people make into a penis. That is—it is, just it is a dick. actually a penis. It's a dick. Yeah, The erotic that's just penis a dick. cake pan is perfect for gelatin cookies or cakes. Cookies, mm, gelatins, a Jello penis. All right. Look at Jensen looking so pretty and innocent. <laughs> but, yeah, so for those of you who did see my art, isn't it beautiful? <laughs> it is lovely. <clears throat> I'm really enjoying Photojet, F-O-T-O-J-E-T.com. Um, I was using an, an, another collage site, com, which I think is honestly easier for to use if you're not very um, – Savvy, so it's a good place to start if you're a little, you know, a little worried. You know, you're not. You want to start slow. I think B Funky is actually a really good place to start. But as your skills advance, I would, I would highly recommend that you switch to PhotoJet because it is just it's more robust and you have more options. Um, but it, it does require a little more skill, I think, don't you? Yeah. Also, everything that annoyed me about B Funky. Um, is fixed in PhotoJet, so they have very similar features but uh photo allows you to there's some things i was able to do i had to i had to hack in i had to have like be funky hacks to get the same effect that is just built in well, to... one of the things i didn't like about be funky is that you couldn't have a static um solid color background
0: yeah i only had, had to
1: yeah, so what I would I would have to upload images of a color right and then right. put those into the frames and it was just really annoying. And they I talked to customer service about that. I talked to their development team about it because I wrote them with the suggestion about they needed to fix that, that people would want solid color backgrounds themselves. And they said you could use an um their shapes feature to put a solid color shape over the cell. I said, You do get that's not the same thing at all, right? because like the advantage of a collage creator is that you have these cells that you can resize and move around, and, and when you have a, a shape, if you do any tweaking on the cell, A, you're never going to get it lined up exactly right, and B, if you do any tweaking on the cell at all, you round the corners, whatever, all of a sudden you don't have your space filled in right, you've got to tweak where that, in, where that shape is laying. And they said, oh, we hadn't thought of that. And you're right, we should fix this. And that was that was at least, that was before I moved, so it was closer to a year ago. And they haven't done anything with it. But Photojet has a bunch of options, including a, an, an ombre background, which I love. Yeah, that's really cool. It's slick as fuck and a solid background, and then you can do um, – their clip art is really awesome. They have internal images you can use. You can search for images um, and pictures and stuff. Of, like I did my banner for my um, fall newsletter um, using only stuff from PhotoJet. I just looked for a picture of fall in their image search and it pulled up this beautiful picture of apples and so I decided to use that. Um, And I didn't have to upload any photos or anything because they had that that collection of photos for me. And I don't have to worry about it being copyrighted because it's part of their process and I'm paying for that. So if anybody sold an image, it's them. I'll be like, look, dude, I didn't know. Yeah, most of them are a lot of the ones uh, be funky. Um, a lot of the the collage creators that have stock images, they're getting there. Um, they're all using the same stock service that is free. Um, but if you use the stock service directly, you do have to sign up with an account, and there's it's kind of a pain in the butt. Um, but if you but you just have access to it through these collage creator things, especially if you're a premium member. So they're probably giving some kickback to that um, company, I would imagine. So I'm getting some yeah, money. something. But I, I do really have enjoy a, that a, part of um, uh, Photojet. It's a lot of fun. I love the collage creator. But like, Photojet also has some design designer design elements that are a little bit different than uh, things I've encountered elsewhere that are a lot of fun. One of my favorite things is the magazine cover creation. And I actually created yeah. a magazine cover for my um, my Big Bang. Now, of course, I'm going to have art from an artist, but I couldn't help myself. I had to do this. When I saw it, I was like, oh, I have to make a magazine cover for this because <laughs> I had this perfect picture. And I made it, and I was like, yay, but I can't share it with anybody. So I obsessively shared it with Mitch Squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you inspired if me If I shared to go it see... with anybody else, you guys would know immediately what, what my project was when it goes up on Quantum Bang. So, yeah, I um, well, there's some things you could you could cover up, a couple of things in there, and it would just be a mystery actually. But yeah, it would probably be better to not share anyway. But you yeah. inspired me to go and create. Um. A magazine cover for the 4 You Verse, uh, which, which the only is place awesome. I really—it is—I yeah, love that cover. Um, the only place I could really use it would be—not use it. I am going to use it in that episode, but it—it's um, for an episode, like seven episodes or eight episodes down the road. So it was like, well, this is the place where there's going to be a, you know, a magazine. So, <laughs> so that—that's where it will go. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> she said a magazine, like she hasn't made a whole bunch of them. <laughs> I did. I have made a bunch. That was the first one I did. And I made a whole bunch. And I actually, I created this group on Facebook called, you know, WordPress for writers or something like that, just for people to be able to like give community help to other writers who use WordPress as their platform, because WordPress is a platform for writing is a little bit different than WordPress is a platform for anything else. and, it's different than a blog. It's different than – and the way you set it up is a little bit – got to put some thought into it. So I created this thing. And so I'm just sitting there poking at Photojet, working on something else. And I created this magazine cover about, you know – what did I call it? Um, let me see if I can find it. Yes, I created this magazine cover for this magazine called Write. Parchment is the background image, and um, it says writers are. You know, had all these like had like oh gosh, I should just post it somewhere, and then I'll share the link later. I'm very distracted. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) had a question, Uh, but I did want to give like a little PSA before I give go into the questions. The Two questions that have been asked. Um, I got I got some really nice feedback that was full of qualifiers recently, and I wanted to mention. I think people use qualifiers without thinking about realizing that they're using qualifiers, and I, it's just it it takes when I mean, you've gone to the effort of telling this person something nice, and you kind of pull some of the niceness out when you put in a bunch of qualifiers. And just as an example is like when you're commenting on chapter two of a story or chapter 10 of a story that's 30 chapters and you say, I love what I read so far. <laughs> well, what the hell I do? not if you're commenting on chapter 10, I'm not assuming you're commenting on the whole story. So what is the point of saying you love what you read so far? It's like, it's like you're giving yourself an out to not love the rest. <laughs> And that's the way I take it too, uh, and I see that that so far thing. People do it all the time, uh, everywhere. It's like, oh, I, I love all the stories of yours I've read so far, um, and it, I see it on Rough Trade. This is great so far. Well, it, there's no more yet, so it has to be great only so far. But what is the? There's just no point in putting that qualifier in because it really is like you're giving yourself an out to not enjoy the rest. So far this is going really really well so just take so far out of your vocabulary it's just just take it out you don't need it so far (laughs) so far this podcast is going very well that could change but it's actually starting to not even sound like a real set of words The more you say it, the more it it doesn't seem like real. It's like, are you sure those are really words (laughs) that belong together? It's unnecessary because, I mean, you're obviously not commenting on the parts you haven't read. So it reads like you're giving yourself room to to change your mind. But you always have that room. No one ever said you didn't. So you don't need to say, well, I've, I've enjoyed what I've seen so far but, I mean, it feels like there's a but. When you see a comment like that, don't you feel like there's a butt coming? <laughs> of some kind, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, you just don't, you just don't need it. It was just, it was just this weird comment that had at least three similar words, you know, three similar things like so far, uh, what I've read to this point. Um, and it was like all in one comment. It was like all these outs, like, I, I could read more and not like it, so I'm giving myself a little bit of you know, space. It's like you know. she's anticipating other people seeing her comments in the future, so that they can go. Under- How could you like that story? Well, I liked it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, no one's, no, no one's Sorry, This are my is feedback. not. not this is not a, a contract here, no right? Judgment. Anyways, what was the question? Uh, We we had a question. Let's see. Let's go back up. Um, Penumbria asked, was that the first question? Uh, Well, someone asked me if I was working on how how things were going with the Vicious Universe, and I responded in chat, but um, I worked on that recently, actually, but fairly recently. But I've just had a lot of other projects come up. But yes, that was the next question. Okay, Penumbria asks, do you ever get an idea for the beginning of a story but aren't sure where you're going where you're going from there? What do you do to figure it out? Ow, I stubbed my toe. <laughs> that's what I do. She's also no. almost off oh. her laptop. So she needs to, that actually is wise to stay that, out and that's before that's, you that's, hurt yourself. And it's connected actually More. because we were sitting here talking about so far and qualifiers and giving yourself an out. And I realized that when I dropped my lap or nearly dropped my laptop, I mean, it fell, but I caught it right before the podcast. I realized that I had ripped one of my nails off, and I just realized it. And I realized it because I scratched myself with this jagged oh. nail, and I thought I better go well, to a nail file. So while we were talking about At least it wasn't so in quick. No. So far. So. <laughs> So while we were talking about so far, I went and got a nail file, and I came back and sat down and stubbed my toe. So now I'm seated, so I can't hurt myself. <laughs> Flushing <laughs> out an idea. Um, Ellie, oh, I'll come back to you. Uh, okay. Flushing out an idea. Um, for me, when I have an idea if I had the beginning of something? I sit down and start cloud plotting. Plotting. If you go into uh, Minion Headquarters, you'll see an example I put up. Not Minion Headquarters, the Writer's Table. Um, you'll see an example of cloud plotting that I did, plotting that I did um, to show somebody what it was. Is that basically I write down all the themes for the story that that I have and try to see how they're connected, and then I start building a plot. Um, If I have an opening idea of how something is going to open, I need to know how it's going to end and what the goals are for my characters. And I do that by exploring themes, um, external and internal motivations. That's my process. Julie, what's your process? (laughs) Um, I hmm. I usually... (laughs) I don't get beginnings, like just the beginnings, very often. Uh, and when I do, I'll be honest, they usually don't go anywhere. Um, I usually I, – I, I'll noodle on them a little bit, it, it, but I, I have to really sit down and work on them because what I mean by that is usually when I get ideas, the idea is um, forming – I'm usually getting like an idea of like at the climax of a story or a key scene in a story, and then I'm working – my way actually back to what the beginning of the story is the only time an idea usually really starts at the beginning is when i'm specifically at doing a what if question like what if this or what if that and when i'm working on a what if then i just start exploring you know i figure out the what if and then i start exploring the ripples and i plot with the ripples um but it's not often that I just get the beginning of an idea and I don't have any idea of where it's going. And but the times that it has happened where I just have kind of a setup, a lot of times the plotting on that fizzles because there's no high point in the idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I usually I usually there's something usually that captures my attention and that attention is usually not captured by the beginning of something. It's usually captured in the meat of it, and I kind of have to figure out then where the beginning is. Um, unless, like I said, I'm doing a, a what-if exploration, and then I just kind of like like plot out those ripples. So, um, But every once in a while, I, I mean, it happens occasionally, and I do, like you, plot on paper, um, and if I'm having a really hard time kind of noodling out where that's going, uh, like where that idea might take me, because sometimes when you just have a germ out of an idea, you don't really know where that could lead. And sometimes, a lot of times, the things you do come up with feel kind of unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. And that's where bouncing it around with somebody else can really help, because talking with other people and we're talking about ideas really gets. That kind of creative energy moving, and you get more ideas. And what you could do, and you know, the thing is, is that you get like you could do, you could do this, and there could be ten things you could do, and some of them you know immediately, no, 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 no. Um, But one or two might really resonate. Well, that sounds interesting, and then you just sit down, sit back down with the paper, and figure out which one is really appealing. Yeah. But I definitely find that when it comes to the, the bounce buddy thing is really helpful. Yeah, I need those. <laughs> I need those on everything. Or, but but maybe a not noodle? hot pink. No, maybe not. It does not. look like a pool noodle. i um ellie said earlier in the chat room i shared my um art for uh r t and I've called my story patient zero, and apparently she had also been calling hers patient zero in um her notes and what I wanted to share with you I, I shared a link there just now for to wikipedia um and the pro band is um is the subject of a medical study—it's usually the first one or the uh, the index case, which is also another term for um, patient zero. Because I almost called my story. Um, see, I'll tell you why I didn't. Because I can't. I I couldn't say it. I wanted to call my story this. Julie, really say it for me. What language is that? Is that I Latin? assume it's probably Latin. Yeah, I, I probably. From where the emphasis is, it could be proposito, proposito, uh, probably proposito. Uh, proposito. Which is a male... Is female. Yeah, we, male and that's proband. a male proband. Yes, yes. So that's what I was going to use, but I did not count myself confident to say it properly. And since I knew it would come up often, probably on the podcast for the next couple of months, I didn't... <laughs> want to stumble over it every time I had to say it. So that's why I went with Patient Zero. But that was my first choice originally. Um so if you're doing something like that with a medical experiment, that could be something that you're that you might want to use. Um I'm not Ellie telling you, what's your you fandom, Ellie. So but you know. You can also use patient zero. Um <laughs> oh, it would be a little yeah. weird it's supposed to be RT R- R- with it but you totally can because nobody owns a title except for perhaps Harry Potter because Harry Potter's been trademarked and, the, and that's a different Star Wars has been trademarked but you know that's a different kind of thing but most of the time titles are just not they are not proprietary so you can use it if you want I have no problems with it whatsoever um, it would be weird for us it's supposed to be the same challenge with it uh, but we'll be putting our names on everything this time, in, in, including categories. Um, so if you want to use it, you go right ahead. Yeah, it's one of those, um, I mean, I try to avoid similar titles by using the same title within the fandom, if I'm aware of it. Especially if it's a popular story in the fandom that I'm writing in. But if it's in a completely different fandom, I mean, the thing is, you just can't get away from title replication, um, especially in the Harry Potter fandom. There's just no avoiding Harry Potter rep- title repetition to some degree, uh, especially single word titles. Um, I also had a couple but... more that I just dis- that I disallowed because I wouldn't be able to spell <laughs> to say them. <laughs> Here, hold on. Ah, oh, go ahead. Yeah, anyway, in in if it. If it was completely different fandom, I I wouldn't even worry about it on Rough Trade because um, if you if we have 80 sign-ups and you sign up early, people don't look at the sign-up list to make sure that nobody else has their title. Um, so. But oddly enough, we've, we've never had it happen. Ever. That's true. We haven't had it happen. Now, we have had people sign up in different Rough Trade challenges with the same title. Um but they were different rough trades. So, um, I also considered Metamorphosis, but I decided not to because it's kind of, um, I, th- I thought maybe it would be, um, there are a couple of SGA stories with that title already, um, that I already knew about that I, that I, when I thought, okay, yeah, I remember, I remember that. So I didn't want to, you know, but, um, yeah, it, I like if you're, if you're if you using those. the same. But I also like this one,
0: which
1: yeah, might work that's for nice. you. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but like I said, you can totally use Patient Zero if you want to. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I promise. <clears throat> but I only ask about the fandom things because you guys were writing the same fandom, and you know. But anyway, that's where my that's where my comfort level of titles goes. Is if I'm aware of a pop especially it's popular in the fandom I'm writing in I wouldn't like I would never call a Stargate story what might have been <laughs> um you know it's just or or um a farm in Iowa I mean it's just you just popular stories and in in you know you just I would avoid but when once you're out of the, the fandom uh I think it's kind of like fair game but even You're then, I mean, fandom, I, so. I, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I'll, I would like to talk about something else. Um, um, I've been plagiarized, uh, I take I take uh, comfort in the fact that the author in question has also plagiarized a whole bunch of other HP authors. I ran the fic through um, a uh, plagiarism uh, engine and I even got links for the fic. It was pretty heinous. Anyways, um, it's uh Burst of the Serpent King and parts of uh, That Old Black Magic mostly just plot elements from That Old Black Magic. Um, so I wouldn't count that as actual plagiarism, but um, it's laziness. But it's not outright plagiarism. But um, actual words and whole paragraphs out of *Birth of the Serpent King*. I have reported it to AO3. Um, you know, I thought, and I've talked about it before, that I thought I'd be really furious um, to, to be plagiarized. But actually, I was just like, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> Well, it was just it was really it was so astonishing because it the the, the way they plagiarized people, uh, they plagiarized people a few paragraphs at a time. Um and then they did a bunch and that the best writing in the story is the stuff that's plagiarized. So that was weird. And so they they did some writing and it was like then they couldn't decide how to handle something and so then they would go and plagiarize like a few paragraphs from somebody and it would be word for word. I would think that kind of piecemeal story writing would be more work <laughs> than just writing it. I, I just,
0: it was, the it was part just is? kind of
1: astonishing. Someone called them out on it and they actually denied reading my work. Yeah. They had several paragraphs in a row from birth and serpent King word for word. And, and, and then world building elements that are pretty uniquely unique to Kira in that story elsewhere. And um, and they claimed that they'd never read the story, and and then, cla- and then and then and then and then shared what their inspiration was, and said that perhaps if you had seen those same TV shows, that perhaps you were inspired in the same way. That that's why your stories were similar. Like, eh, I, no. yeah, I yeah. mean, there, there was there was one sentence that it called out as being plagiarized. But I went, oh, that, sen- that sentence is too common for me to think that that was plagiarism. I mean, a lot of writers would put that concept together with exactly those words. But when you're talking multiple sentences, word for word, it, it, that's just, okay, come on. There's no way, <laughs> especially considering that the voice was completely different. Kira understands the difference between T-O-O and T-O. Uh, and, and also, I'm but, really offended by their grammar. Oh, their grammar's atrocious. But, but this is not so to you ask you, in- and I'm I'm asking you not to, if you find it, do not comment on it. I've contacted A O three, and I'm waiting on a response from them. I don't want to dogpile on this um, person or their or their fic um, yet, but. I'm just, i never had anybody on a podcast and how pissed off I would be. And I'm not actually pissed off. I'm just like insulted by their grammar. I'm like, if you're going to copy me, couldn't you be at least copy my fucking dialogue mechanics? I'm just saying. It's insulting to see my words in the midst of their shit garden. I might have gone too far.
0: Yeah,
1: it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that, I mean, if that's got a question? I'm really not mad. I'm just like... I think I'm just like genuinely bemused. (laughs) I'm not sure I've ever been bemused before. I've used it, the word. I don't think I've ever had the condition. I think you have been. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm being used on a daily basis. I log in to people (laughs) asking stupid questions. I just kind of go, I'm utterly bemused by you needing to ask that, considering how many times we've answered it. Already, <laughs> you saved me from myself I thought, you know the thing is is i I count myself really um I, I pride myself actually on being very supportive of of writers and and growing and learning and um just being a part of other people's process you know in any way that they need me to be, and um just being someone who encourages other writers. And so it puts me in a difficult position when I'm looking at this person and all I want to do is tear them to pieces Um because they've not only stolen from me, but they've stolen from four or five other authors as well. Yeah. And it that's stands the sh- out in a really ugly way. And I'm like... I... Consider most writers, you know, if, if there's a us and them situation, writers are all us, me, us. We're all together, and everybody else is over there. But when somebody cheats and plagiarizes other writers, they become a them. <laughs> they're they're no longer an us because. When you're plagiarizing, you're not you're just posting for attention and praise. And they were getting it. They were getting attention and praise. Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh-uh.
1: I um I just I just I just thought no, no, Ellie's I question. You. I adore you. Oh I, I I um Edie's right. It definitely depends on your definition of wrong. Why don't you um so um It also depends upon what you actually mean by it. <laughs> I mean it's only being taken the wrong way if we don't take it the way you mean it. Right. And considering I do have a, a, um, a rather pornographic mind, um, that's how we're taking and it. The, and the ancients do float around in little squid bodies with lots of tentacles. Um, I'm not sure you want to call your fic that. <laughs> I guarantee you, when people start looking for your fic, and they will, they'll be like, you remember that story on RT? The the ancient penetration one." <laughs> <laughs> i i understand what it, what you mean by that but it's the an ancient it, it oh okay then now i see exactly what you mean by it but yes we would take it the wrong way yeah i, mean, I get what you're saying and i even understand what you mean but when people look for it they're gonna go like, remember that ancient penetration fic <laughs> That's what that's what they're gonna call it—the ancient penetration sick. Um, and the, that's even that? worse because the ancient <laughs> penetration sick. Could does that mean the really old old dude? Does that mean the really old story? Does that mean, you know or mean? does that mean? And then you're like, squid? and then you go, it's Stargate, and they're gonna go, oh, that kind of ancient. What were well, they penetrating? <laughs> was Shia involved? <laughs> <laughs> what in doubt with Stargate, baby? Do it in Latin. Um <laughs> Which those?
0: <that is. laughs>
1: There's a tell what kind of art you would get. Just explain your whole concept to your artist. Octopus or squid, they do break their penis off and throw it at the female. Which is like ultimately nature saying, go fuck yourself. And then they grow a new one, I guess. I mean, I assume. Surely they get one more you know, I guess so, because they do can regrow limbs, right? So... Yeah. They're growing new and to always another day. Um, Lady Holder says smart males. And I was like, thinking of have like smart cars? <laughs> I, <was> thinking, <laughs> I don't know. So I was like, hmm, how is how is detaching the penis more efficient? But that's not, I don't think that's what she meant. What she meant it. <laughs> video where the seal threw the octopus at the kayaker and I have to wonder did that kayaker hit that seal why did that kayaker do to that seal to deserve that oh I have not seen this someone find this video (laughs) if, if if anybody has any questions please be sure to post them I too can see a dick bouncing off the window shield of a jumper. Thank you, Boo. <laughs> That's in my brain forever. Mm-hmm. Someone some, what, what someone someone's working on getting towards the corner tonight. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like the kayaker did something to the seal. I just, I, I feel like maybe it was like he was in the water and the seal was like, oh, there's that fuckhead. <laughs> i was going to get him. Seal throws octopus at kayaker. Thank you, Boo. You have one free get out of the corner card now because you, you got that video. You need either that or you can go to the nice corner where Az uh, keeps all the books and the booze. And. Apparently the damn dicks I think he did hit that seal I think he hit that seal with his thingy With his paddle And it got mad, huh? I mean It could be that the seal is just an asshole. Thing yes what I said. <laughs> 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 yeah, that um that's some Oh yeah, he didn't like him at all. That that's really <laughs> That the was hell with you, dude. That really <laughs> was purposeful. That was that was if it, that was a seal saying "fuck you." Um, <laughs> not all of us have been flipped off by a seal or flipped on. As <laughs> I say flipped on, yeah. <sighs> Road restocked the corners. Great. Well like they need entertainment in the corner. It's supposed to be a punishment. Well, we have five corners. Only one of them really. <laughs> Although I think Ellie and Edie were fixing up one of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> only one's a porn corner though. Yes, there is only one porn corner. You just keep the caffeine and the porn in different corners. That way people's that way people's, you know, desire will be split. Do I want caffeine more? <laughs> For porn more. And food in another corner because you don't want all those things in the same place. (laughs) No. Yeah, and definitely alcohol in a completely different corner. So we have five. Questions, you guys, questions. Um, Questions. But, you know, I... the whole plagiarism thing. I you know, I like I said, I don't want anybody, you know, commenting on it or anything. I just I'm kinda stunned by my reaction. I thought I would just be overwhelmingly furious, but I'm not. I'm just like what? And if it was but of all the stories that you would want I mean the all the stories on my side that you would be interested in, why would you pick the birth of the serpent king? It is my most popular Harry Potter story. I uh, uh, I can't I, I I got nothing. I mean that. Why would you plagiarize a popular author to begin with? Not that I'm saying go plagiarize po- authors with a, less of a following. I'm just saying that if you, I would think if you're doing something that nefarious, your goal is not to get caught. And you're gonna get caught much quicker if you're plagiarizing a popular author. That's just the way things go. I mean, the person who reported it to me when she saw it, she immediately stopped reading and came over to my site and sent me a a message. Because she recognized the words. She recognized my language in that woman's story. Or my author's And drib. In dribs and drabs. Yeah, it was really, and that's, right. I think that's what's so strange to me is it's like a paragraph here, a paragraph there. So when you get to those paragraphs, it's like, whoa, what? Um, but the thing is, she also used, it wasn't just a paragraph here or there that was innocuous. She There were a couple of things that are very distinct that I've, I haven't read outside of Birth of the Serpent King, that she played your <laughs> I feel like, now, wait a minute. <laughs> Including the bracelet that she renamed something stupid. saying but it's a special form of narcissism to plagiarize fan fiction because when you're plagiarizing other people gets to make money but with fan fiction it isn't to make money it's just to get attention and that is a special unique brand of narcissism narcissism um i don't know it was just stunning i was like what (laughs) i I mean it's it was so weird i mean i i have had somebody post whole stories of mine under another name. Um, and the funny thing about that is if it's on a different, that actually flies under the radar in a way, because if a whole story of mine pops up on a site, I don't actually post at under a different name, people might just assume that that's my pen name on that archive or whatever, right. which is, I think what happened with some of my older works in my Files days that were plagiarized. Um, mm-hmm is people just thought that that was me, you know, but whatever. But when you're taking pieces of somebody, someone has got a very distinct voice and very distinct world building and a unique world building elements. And you're taking chunks of their work that are recognizable, recognizably theirs and putting it in that's That's like begging people to notice. It's weird. It's just so weird. Very, I don't, I don't get it. It's, um, and I don't, I don't know how pop. I, I, I'm not the most voracious HP reader, um, but I don't know how, how popular those other writers were, who she plagiarized. Because she plagiarized a lot of writers. Um, she did, but I would imagine there if were she read them, 25 all pieces in 61k. There were 25 instances of plagiarism in 60, 61,000 words. <clears throat> That's just. Oh. But she also stole the maturation ritual from War Mages, so I'll be interested to see um, if she posts it. If she uses mine or makes up her own. Well, hopefully. I also 3 will respond to my um, complaint before that happens. Um, but, okay, so Ellie has another question regarding posting. When posting a story, how do you decide whether to post the entire story in one post, break it into parts, or break it into chapters? Um, to some degree, I, at least for me, I, everybody does it differently. It, it's totally personal. It, well, there's the first thing is the limitations of the platform you're on. Some sites, you need to you need to know what the limitations are where where you are. Um whether it's on AO3. AO3 doesn't claim they have a limit. Uh well actually they they do have a limit when you when you go into their posting but it's huge. I mean it's enormous. You could post you know several hundred thousand words in a single post, I think. Uh I think I want to say it's a half a million character limit. Um I think that's the limit in per, pro, per post. It's, it's enormous. Um, live Journal was it? Live Journal, you couldn't really post more than what was it? Ten k? about ten k. Ten k. So it was a character limit, but it came out if you kept it under ten thousand words, you were good. Um, WordPress doesn't. WordPress, I think, if WordPress is, I haven't really encountered limits, but there's just there's some things I wouldn't want to push. So you got to understand the limitations of your platform first so that you understand what your maximum is. Um, and then look at the overall size of your story. Um, if you've got any kind of OCD issues about like how you break things up, like, you know, if you want, know you're going to, do you prefer even number of posts? Do you like three, five, ten? Do you like multiples of threes or fives? I mean, that kind of thing. Um, and then I try to keep, you know, so I figure out and I try to keep them. The, the posts, the posts relatively even in length. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes this changes over time. I mean, when I posted emergence, I posted it one chapter at a time. Now my chapters were between 4 and 8K. So we're not talking like a little short things. But now I would post more like 15 to 20K in a single post. Um, and that might be four chapters or five chapters together. Not four. I can't. I wouldn't want to do four. But so you first look at your platform, look at the size of your story. And I always figure this out in advance, like how many I'm going to post. And then I, and then I try to make sure that they're relatively even. So whether it's two chapters per post. A lot of stuff that goes up on Live Journal or dreamwidth it's two chapters per post. Um, on my own site, it might be, it might be, I might put 20k on one post, or I, you know, if it's, if it's a one shot, it, it probably will go all in one post. Um, if it's a novel length, it could be two or three chapters per post. It just every story is a little bit different, so that's that's the way I approach it. Is I consider the platform and then figure out how many chapters I want to what my posting is like for the whole story. For me, it boils down to, um, I had issues with WordPress and it ended up being my theme. Actually, it's one of the reasons why I switched from my theme to the new one and had all those problems with the reorganization is that I was ended up with corrupt pages and I could not figure out why. And it ended up being that the theme could not handle the, the size of my page of my pages or posts. Um, due to word length, and it would just freak out, and then it would stop working. And i have to make a new page, and it would happen again. So, um, because WordPress counts your comments on a page or a post to your word count. And it can get really hefty if you have a lot of comments, like I did on Tides That Bind. I think another one that did it was Phoenix. So um, if you're posting on WordPress, you need to average – Forty five K or under. So, like when I posted um The Legacy, it was around oh, fuck me, I forget how long that was. Um, I posted it was ten chapters, so I posted chapters one through five and then five through ten to break it up, uh so that it wasn't um all on one post. But I don't believe it was it was it was it wasn't as big, um of course, I do episodes individually because those are produced individually as one is basically as episodes, not as chapters. I would never this, now post one chapter at a time. I did in the past with um, my first series, um, but I prefer to post in either a short story episode or novella. And if it's a novel, it's going to be um, in as few as parts as I can manage. I prefer two or three. I wouldn't want four. Five would be okay. But I prefer two or three. Like when it comes to my um my uh my, my, my project for uh um quantum bang, my goal is three parts or three three um posts. <laughs> now, we're gonna we're gonna do things a little bit different for the posts over what I, I, have, I would prefer personally. I have O C D and so um uh, Story construction. I don't like the number four either, personally. I have issues with it. <laughs> for me it's about it's about story construction. Um I tell uh stories in a three arc structure that that's why I would prefer three parts or or, or three posts. Um but I've also been known to break stories up into a five-part structure. But there is no four-part structure for a story. So if I was going to post five posts, it would not be about the word count. It would be about the structure of my story, like arc one, arc two, and arc three. And if it was a five-point construction, I would want to to break it up and post it on the points and there is no four point structure in for, for writing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, I sometimes have written four point 4, 4, four part arcs, but that's because I wind up with falling action that's ridiculous. Um, which is not my usual, but it has happened. Um, so the, leg- but, the legacy but, was 61k. So I probably separated them out to about 30k each. About ish. Yeah, for me when it comes to post length on my um on my website we're going to do things a little bit different on Quantum Bang because depending depending on how many people cross the finish line, but we could get inundated with posts to check. Um, so that Quantum Bang will be a completely different thing, and we're still kind of working out what the size length is going to be. But on my personal site, I tend to break things up more about my comfort reading. I personally don't like to read pages that have more than about 25K on them. Um, just because I read on devices a lot, and when a device sometimes when you go back to a page, it reloads it. And yeah, it's really frustrating when you're three quarters of the way down a page and the page reloads and you're back at the top. Or just the way devices are, you accidentally brush the top of the screen, which is a key, a cue, which is a, a trigger to scroll back to the top. And now, you know, so I actually don't like pages. I, I loading 100K on a, it, it'll load. That's not the point. I don't like loading 100K in a single window. I actually don't even like loading 50. So, um, because if I have to scroll back down, like put, you know, you're flipping through, scrolling back to the bottom to get back to where you were, it's just tedious. So, I I'm more comfortable on my own website in the 10 to 20K ish range, unless something is a one shot that's under 30 K and then I'll just post it in one, one post. So um, that's about, that's about kind of me, my reader, my reading preference. Uh, Cause I've been there. I've had, I've been on AO3 and I've done the whole, you know, load entire work thing on a hundred K story. And then it wound up going back up to the top and I have no fucking clue where I was. And it's just, I get really irritated. So I, I, I would on a story that big, I, <laughs> that's, that can get into a really frustrating situation if somebody's writing thousand word chapters and they've got a hundred thousand word story and I don't want to load the whole story, but I don't want to advance through a hundred chapters either. So what often winds up happening is it's on my Kindle temporarily. And then I'm just irritated (laughs) having to get it back off. (laughs) Now I am someone who will read the whole story. I don't like to, I don't like to migrate through chapters. I don't either, but I also don't like to accidentally get slipped back up to the top of a browser window when I'm reading 100K. So, um, and sometimes I'm reading, on, reading fan fiction, it's a lose-lose proposition. Now, anything I'm reasonably sure I'm going to like, I send to my Kindle and read it on my Kindle, so I don't have to deal with that. But it's one of those things, I don't think I'm going to really have a chance of rereading or it's not an author I know. I, I don't want to waste time having to get that back off. Not Kindle. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, but also sometimes I'm reading, you know, in the grocery store or something and I think I put my turned my phone off and I didn't and I was way, way and especially on a phone screen, having to flip down fifty K, that's just tedious. So that's why I post the way I do, which is typically less than twenty K. Somewhere somewhere between ten to twenty K in a post. But I will say that if you're on WordPress that you never really want to go over so I would say 60K on a single post, I think you're just asking for trouble. Um, even though they put the format limit on WordPress, uh, it, it can make your database unstable. And if you're um, not somebody who's who's um, comfortable uh, working in a database, an SQL, I highly recommend that you don't Try to mess with it and don't burden your database with 100K pages. I mean, I was just looking at the maximum character limit. Um, uh, most people couldn't hit the actual maximum character limit on a WordPress post. That's kind of not the point. Most themes can't handle it. Just because the database can deal with it doesn't mean your team can deal with it. So that becomes the issue. Now, a lot of people are using free WordPress, and it doesn't matter. A domain name is not the indicator of a free WordPress, because you can have a domain name in front of free WordPress. But if you're not I paying for, for hosting? If, yeah, if you're not paying for hosting, do you have free WordPress? Probably. Unless you just got really lucky. So, free WordPress, the, the free WordPress um, may have more limitations on size than word wordpress um that's managed hosting because you know they they may not want you putting a hundred thousand words in a single post and mucking mucking with their the databases that they're responsible for so i, don't, I think honestly you're honestly to- remember but You're definitely safe with going, you know, anywhere up to 50,000 words. You're completely safe there on WordPress. Uh, It's just a matter of what do you want to do. Uh, I will say I think that personally navigate, especially on WordPress where you have to navigate, navigating through 1,000-word posts, unless it's a complete story. I'm not talking about a complete story. If your story is 1,000 words and it's done, like the big short, whatever. But if you've got a multi-chapter story, and your chapters are a thousand words. You need to. I, this is just group those. I got my knickers of judgment on because navigating through a story in thousand word chapters is irritating as fuck on WordPress. Just because most people don't give you any it's kind of to be perfectly honest, so. one thousand word chapters are irritating as fuck. But well, that's that's why because one thousand you word do chapters are irritating. Uh I mean, you do you, but. You know, don't post it that way. I mean, on Ao3, <laughs> we can kind of get some insulation from that because we can do the display all work, display the whole work, and try to mm-hmm. ignore the fact that you're posting a thousand words at a time. Um, but if you're posting something, you know, over twenty k and thousand word pieces, stop that. Group it together. I mean, of course, always. You I think do what you happens in AO3 what is do, but. that they're posting. Um, they're not posting all at once and uh, posting those little, um, those little updates like that. They're not really they forming feedback they're today. Really, they're not writing co- chapters anyway. They're just, well, I thought that, but then that other writers group. Um, has to have all these opinions about chapter lengths. And people say, you know, these sage things like the chapter is as long as it needs to be, and some of my chapters need to be 1,000 words, and some of them need to be 28,000 words. No, no. I'm just flat telling you that's wrong. There is no story ever where it's one where a 1,000-word chapters and 28,000-word chapters should exist in the same work. That's just fucked up. It is... Um, that's a matter of uh, pace and story construction. And when, you, and when you do something like that, you do your work no favors. I just can't take anybody seriously who says something like that. And it's passing that off as sage wisdom. It's not. It's not neither wise nor sage. It is. It is just... Self-serving crap. They're trying to justify their own bad choices by making it seem like good advice, and it—it's it, bad craft is what it is. Let me if tell you something. I was—I was reading on Fanfiction.net. I know, I know. Um. Uh, but you know, honestly, Harry Potter fiction is is better on Fanfiction.net than it is io three. It is Oops terrifying but it's true so i'm over there and the author note was and i don't know the exact wording and i wouldn't want to say the exact wording anyway but basically what they said was is that they were writing the story in several points of view because writing from one point of view was limiting and bad craft bad craft craft. to write from one point of view well, she might have yep. felt limited. That's fine. But I, to say it's bad craft, really? Yep. I was like, well. Whatever, did."
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, you're
1: so not charming. <laughs> I was like... And, um, honestly, the, 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 it, it wasn't a good experience anyway. Um... She's trying Bless her heart uh, well i mean i don't mind i don't I don't mind the novice thing at all. What I mind is when people pass off their decisions as a novice as as a- sol- a sound craft decision that really irritates me <laughs> like because there's no basis in craft for what the some of these shenanigans that I've seen um and that's what you'll get from that other writer's group of people doing really bizarre shit and then passing it off as good craft. I'm like, well, I, It's one thing to say that you just like it and you know it's wrong and you're going to do it anyway. It's like, that's where I go, you do you. But to tell other people that it's good craft, it is not.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're just trying to make yourself look better. Stop it. <laughs>
0: it you know, it's
1: like... Every time I bring up the don't use parentheses in fiction thing, there's always someone who has to tell me they like it or that they it can serve a useful purpose here or there or no. um that it's okay that it's okay in moderation. I'm sorry, I wasn't asking if you find it readable. I said it's not it, there there's no style guide out there for fiction writing that includes parentheses in parentheses. It just doesn't exist. So Try to tell me that it's okay in moderation. It is not. The only time you would see parentheses in fiction is if, like, a character wrote a letter or an email, and parentheses were in the email. That's that's not, <laughs> but that's not the same thing. Okay, <laughs> that's not the same thing at all. But in general, your narrative, your narrative, and for fuck's sake, not your dialogue. I, parentheses in dialogue. How does that even fucking work? So. I asked her about that. I said, how do you put parentheses in dialogue? This looks like a humorous aside. I'm like, I can't even talk that to you. That actually <laughs> becomes second person. Um, who, who are you talking to, right? <laughs> and if just, there I is mean, a get, bigger sin in the world to me as a writer, than inserting second person in first person or third person writing, I don't know what it would be. I've done it. I admit that when I was young and stupid. It's terrible. It's super terrible. Yeah. And it's one thing to say if somebody says, okay, here's, here's like one of the rules of, you know, writing fiction is you don't put parentheses in your story. If you have a parenthetical phrase, I'm sorry that it's called that. You still don't put it parentheses, right? It actually most people who are putting parentheses around things, they're not doing it around parenthetical phrases. So they can't even use that as an excuse. Um, (laughs) They're just using them, right? And so if somebody says, okay, this is a rule, and people come back and they start giving you all these reasons why it's okay to use them, it's like, no, it's not. It's not okay. If you want to use it, just go, I acknowledge that this is not the way it's supposed to go, but I'm going to do it anyway because I like it. Then fine. But to come back and go, Oh, well they're okay in moderation. Really? <laughs> is that the new rule? Let me just go get Chicago style of manual to update. Uh Chicago Manual of Style to update and say that they're okay in moderation. I'm sorry. Karen and says they're, they're okay in moderation. moderation so now we have to change all these um style guides and manuals because Karen is, is, is right and the rest of us are wrong. That's right because it's, it's okay in moderation, like no, they really isn't stop it, <laughs> but if I think that it's not even about the reader point of view, it doesn't matter whether as a reader someone finds them off putting or not, that's completely irrelevant if we're if we're in a group that's talking about craft and somebody says our parenthesis is okay, the answer is no there there's no there's just there's no there's there should be no equivocation about this, no. Okay, um, so Birth of the Serpent King has had three hundred and ninety one thousand views. Well, at least at least ten or fifteen of those are from that because she had to keep coming back to your site to copy your shit. <laughs> right, because she had to copy it manually since so she couldn't copy and paste. Maybe that's why she hasn't whole sold stole the whole thing. She didn't feel like copying, um, typing it all out. Maybe. But I don't think she's savvy enough to figure out how to get around your copy protection. No, I don't think so either. And I'm basing that solely on her dialogue mechanics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're not Deadpool, don't break the fourth wall. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, there you go. How many words in um, the Serpent King? A hundred thousand, isn't it? Why do I think it, oh, oh, I could be completely wrong about that? One hundred five thousand words, and um, it is one of the few fix I have on my site that's posted by chapter. It's uh, it's twelve chapters, and it's posted by chapter. It's how many how many words? Um, 105,000. Yeah, I thought it was about 100,000. Now, well, but also, you, I know you, you had ebooks up for a while. I'm looking for a certain king, one of the books you had as an e-book? It was, yes. I had a PDF, yeah. an EPUB, and a Moby. Yeah, so I, mean, I, the, I, but I the got PDF on, like, was Kindle. locked. Yeah. If yes, I've got it on my Kindle, so it's like one of those pages that I never revisit, even though, and I'm sure a lot of people have it on their device. So, I'm sure it would have a lot more views if it had never been available as an ebook. Because, right? There's, I, I mean, as often as I reread that story, it, it would have a lot more hits if I was going up there all those times to that page. But I don't. I just read <laughs> it on my That's a story of yours I reread the most. I think. Yeah it, it is be. actually it i think be. my most popular harry potter um fix. i re- i think i re- read it more than any of your stargate stories too um, um and while i don't you know i don't like to use the term um big name fan i don't think i am one in harry potter um so maybe they maybe she did think she could get away with it maybe Okay, so Boo says, I was scrolling back up to see if I missed anything. Boo said that she had a beta tell her that not naming each person speaking was wrong, um, and that there are, because and, and there were only two people in her story. Yeah, <laughs> it's only two people, and you're in one person's point of view through the whole thing. Uh, it's a good thing you're able to distinguish the bullshit that your beta fed you from the truth. But people will also tell you that you could label your dialogue with the person's name and a colon after it, and that's called a script. We don't call that fiction, a story. <laughs> <I'm> fiction narrative. <laughs> I, you know, it was a 500-word ficlet. <laughs> um... I um I do hope uh, that she did not pass that test as a beta. Uh, I you know um, you just be very careful when you allow somebody into your to your process and and we've talked about it before and we will certainly discuss it again um, as uh, newbie writers find their way in our direction um, and we're you know we got a whole lot of new writers coming at us um, in in july i don't know what it's going to look like in um in november and i think the quantum bang is also uh attracting people that are not part of our trade who are probably going to wander into our groups and processes as well um it's just very important to uh pay attention yeah and we're going to have writers who and we do have some writers I know in the Quantum Bang who who have been involved in Rough Trade and they've wanted to participate, but they didn't feel like they could handle the pressure of a one-month challenge. And they've signed up for Quantum Bang. Um, and also, the posting live can be very kind of intimidating for some people, which is fine. If if that makes you uncomfortable, you shouldn't do it. Uh, so we have some people who, who know Rough Trade who've been following there, but they're signing up for their first challenge. And I hope they're able to do we keep you know, go through with that? So there are people who are going to be trying out the whole beta thing for the first time through the quantum bang process. And so probably even more than usual, I feel like like I want to, like, protect people from what that process can be like. So if that, if anybody's having problems with beta and feeling like they're getting beat up in beta, you know, we really are willing to help. Um, especially the beta process, alpha can be a little bit, like, if you go and solicit alpha feedback, it can be a little bit, oh, I feel like I've been punched. But beta shouldn't leave you reeling. Um, so, um, unless you just can't deal with seeing a lot of corrections. I mean, if that really, you find that really intimidating. Um, suck it up, Ben. Well, yeah, you do need to suck that up. <laughs> because, um, seriously, yeah, yeah, I mean, goes you have to the effort. You of, have to learn. You know. Yeah, you, I, got, you do have to, you have to learn. And you can't just honestly. I think probably like be one of the most disrespectful things you could do to somebody who has taken the time to beta your stuff is just decide that it's too intimidating and you're not going to do it, do anything with it. Um, I have to do that. Do that with me. I mean, it was it was a laborious beta. And that's all it was, was beta, except for there was just this one scene that had too many people speaking. I think, I think there were at least 30 people speaking in the scene. And I did just comment. The scene was very good. I didn't tell her anything else. I just said, the scene is very confusing. It would help if you cut down the number of speaking parts in this. Um, but it was, it was laborious. It was, it was a correction every five words. And, she got it back and found it intimidating which I would find it intimidating too (laughs) if I got back you know a correction every five words and the the page looked like it had just been massacred with commas the comma additions and word deletions and corrections and she just said it was too intimidating and she decided not correct the story and posted it with all the errors I was just like you know fuck that (sighs) that and fuck you <laughs> <laughs> I think that when you when you ask somebody to invest their time in a project um, that that it it's a it's a risk number one to you personally and number two you have to um, respect the time that they've given you um, it, even if you don't agree with the changes that they've made or the changes that they've suggested um, you need to respect the time that you were given um, And you were given that time. You're not paying for it. It's the most mind blowing part of fandom is you you can get somebody to edit your shit for free (laughs) because you know what? I come from a world where you pay by the word for editing. (laughs) You want fifty k edited? That's two hundred dollars for just grammar, at and oh, that, would be, and that yeah. would be cheap, and that would be cheap. So, but you can't improve without beta and editing, um, and and doing. You have to grow as a writer I require it (laughs) grow bitches grow (laughs) it it also depends when it comes to like you're hiring an editor um I've heard of situations Mm -hmm. where like they got really like they quote well you know for this type of editing, and and there's freelance editors online who, you know, it's just, you know, it's scale. If you want content editing, line editing, if you just want some proofreading? And if you want it all, I mean, it it gets, you know, depending on the length of your work. But I've heard of instances where editors have kicked back stories that they've like given a quote for and said, okay, well, this will be $1,200 or whatever. And they get it back and they – they they look at the stock file and the number of of errors and say, I can't edit this for the quote that I've given you because the writing isn't there. And I, you know, when it comes on the professional side, they expect you to at least be able to, you know, write. And if, if you're requiring a high level of correction, I mean, when you take somebody for making maybe $15 an hour or $20 an hour working on your work and you move them down into the 2 or $3 an hour because of your writing quality, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. The writer has to improve. Ellie asked in general what should be expected, like in terms of time, um, the longer the story, there's kind of like this funny thing, like somebody might be able to turn around 3K in a like, you know, you send them a 3K beta and they might have it back to you in a couple hours. Um, and it, It might have only taken them an hour of actual work or an hour and 15 minutes, depending upon the number of how clean your writing is. But the longer it gets, let's say you take it up to 30K, they're not going to turn it right around. It's not going to take the same, it's not like just a multiplication of 10. Um, For a few reasons. One is that most people can't edit for hours and hours and hours on it. And if they do, it's not a good idea. Because you will stop seeing the mistakes at some point. And the more mistakes they are, the quicker that um, point at which you stop seeing the problem occurs. So I've had writers that I could edit for four hours before I started having what I would call like a cognitive issue, like a decline in my ability to see their mistakes. And I've had writers that made so many mistakes that I stopped seeing them within 20 minutes. And it's not that I'm not seeing some mistakes, but I know I'm not seeing all of them. Or for the writer who changed tense every other sometimes multiple times in a sentence. And some and certainly every other sentence was a tense change and she was flipping back and forth between first and third person. I I could I'd become inured to it after ten minutes. You just and get just used to it. You're like... tense mistakes. You, you get used to it. And and so when you're having this, when somebody's got a really high error rate and you you can only do it for 15 minutes before you stop seeing their mistakes, that means you have to break and let your brain reset before you go back to it. So the higher the error rate, the slower it goes. And it's not just because of the time it takes to put in the corrections. It's because of the time it takes. You have to stop in between and, and do stuff and, if you're having to take a half hour, an hour break between 10 minutes of editing, you can't do that for the 16 hours you're awake. You wouldn't get anything else done. So, I don't know. It, it's a difficult um, thing to specifically quantify and say it's going to take this long. Because I've had, I've done 100K betas in in, in a week and a half. And I've there have been other times when it's taken me a, a month and a half to do 20K because it was like, okay, well, I can only, you know, I have the hours of six to eight to work on this kind of thing, and her error rate is so high that I'm only going to be able to work for 20 minutes before I have to take an hour break. So I'm going to get maybe 40 minutes of editing done So it's that's just... It's one of those things. And you also, also, right? Yeah, I mean, it does make sense because um, it depends on the level of of craft that the author is offering you. Like, um, I know that if Lady Holder gives me between forty and sixty k, which is what you gave, um, I'm going to read it first because I always read first. I I I do a read through, and if I have any questions, I write those down, and then I go through, um, and do my part which is not i'm not really heavy on grammar i'm more on um content and continuity um and i i'm pretty good at finding parent parent say it for me parenthetical Parenthetical? yes phrases Phrases that don't don't have proper commas i don't know why it just they just kind of pop out for me if the commas aren't where they're supposed to be I'm, i'm pretty good at that um and typos and stuff like that so i don't do a line edit And no one would want me to anyway, Uh, (laughs) but I could probably do forty to sixty k in about a week. Um, But Lady Holder's a clean rider. I have not personally baited for someone who's not um, felt a certain level of professionalism in a long time. I don't know how well I would do. which is why I didn't offer it in the quantum bang. I only offered plot doctoring because I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> if, if your writing is fairly clean, um, meaning you don't really need, if you're looking for somebody to kind of look for continuity issues, make sure you don't have any final plot holes. You know, if you're actually asking somebody to be like a, tri- like a beta reader, in the traditional sense, which is to give it a final look over and make sure you don't have any typos, that there's no major issues that were missed up to that point. I would think you could get 40 to fifty k back, yeah, in two weeks or so, in a couple of weeks. Um, That would be, you know, if your writing is, if you've done solid, if you've got a solid draft and you don't have a lot of problems, um, if you've got... Forty to sixty k, you know. I full. I mean, I don't do a whole lot of beta reading anymore. Um, partly because it's just, it just starts to feel like too much like work. But um, that if they really needed a lot of line editing, that sixty k would probably take me at least six weeks. Just because I'm having to put that in around other stuff, and the maybe two hours a day I can devote to that, their their error rate. Means that they're going to get a half an hour of that two hours because I just won't see the problems. So, so for instance, if, my pick is going to be about 130k, and I am going to ask Jilly to, to beta it.
0: <laughs> Where would you rate
1: me as far as how much time investment you'll need for 130k ish? It'll be about 130k. I'm already over 100 and I have about 25 plot points left, so I'm thinking about 130. For you to be safe, I would want about a month. I probably would turn it around faster than that, but I'd want to be sure to budget a month. Just not because I feel like that would it would probably take me. Realistically, it would probably take me two weeks. But um, the okay, so this is a thing that happens. All right, the more I'm enjoying something, the less likely I am to stay. Unless. <laughs> Unless the mistakes are glaring, right? So sometimes when I, I'll be reading and I'll realize I haven't made a correction in a while. And when it comes to like anybody, most people, me not putting in a comma for like 10 pages means I've been enjoying myself and I forgot to beta. <laughs> so I need to back That's up. That's why I always do a read first. I always do a read first because that kind of helps me clear my head and, and not, I, I won't get sucked in again. I only can do that if I've got a couple weeks between the first read-through and the actual beta work because what happens is when I go back to do it again, I, I, I miss actual typos on the second read-through. Um, it's, just, it's just the way my brain works is I got to correct it when I see it the first time unless i'm getting a couple week pause so 130k with something with something that is as clean as a Kira writes, i would probably easily turn that around in two two weeks but budgeting around real life i'd want to be sure i allowed a month for it um because you know i wouldn't want her to have a problem because i had family drama and wasn't at my computer for a week right so but realistically, I would turn that around in in ten days to two weeks, 130k. That's cleanly written. Um, I'm not a complete disaster. <laughs> no, I mean you write you right, you right, you're right, very clean. I mean, really, I I would say the kinds of mistakes you make are kind of the same kind of things I do. Is like you leave a word off. It's not that you don't know that, that word should be there. It's just you didn't type it. <laughs> and when right? you your own read through, when you do your own read throughs. Your brain supplies the word. right? Your brain, it, in. Right. Your, it, your brain
0: it thinks it 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 it's supposed in. to be like, there. Oh so no, I said. did
1: stumble the other day. I was reading um, my bang, and I was like, "What the fuck did I mean? That that makes no sense. What is what? <laughs> I, had to, I had to reword the whole sentence because I have no idea what I meant to say, but what I had said was nonsense. <laughs> There was uh, when no. I read. There was one time I read it. I was like, oh. I have no idea what she means by that. But I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> That's probably the same place. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. is. What is that? Yeah, it was, it was craziness. <laughs> but I mean, I've had authors, but like I guess I've had. If it's just looking for that kind of stuff, you know, inserting a comma here or there, um, it goes pretty quickly, and I can sit down and work on it for two or three hours without a problem, without feeling like I'm becoming inured to the mistakes. But what happens is when, you know, when there's a lot of mistakes, especially a, especially a people switching tenses. It's the worst thing because you become inured to tense changes. And it's just, <laughs> you just stop seeing it. So, um so that's, you know, and we, if, if you can only edit for 15 or 20 minutes before you have to stop, that's, like, the worst possible situation you can be in with a long story. And actually, I would probably kick that back to an author. If um, these days, if I got something that had, especially tense changes, like someone was slipping the tenses all the time, I would just send it back and say, no, mm-mm, take it. Because that shouldn't be what you need a beta for. You need to, you need to learn your craft, to be able to stay in first, first, first present, whatever your te- your tense is, present, past, maintain your point of view, <laughs> first, third. If you can't do some of the basics, you're not ready for a beta, and that's the truth. You May not want to hear that, but that's you're not you're not ready to be taking up somebody else's time if you can't maintain the fundamentals. And point of view. And I don't mean point of view like head hopping. I mean first person or third person. If you're jumping between first and third person, you're not ready to be taking up somebody's time with beta reading. That's my opinion. People may want to stone me for that. It's like, well, how else are people going to learn? I don't know. Read a book. (laughs) Those are, (laughs) that's foundational. And, you know a beta isn't isn't shouldn't be there to make your work look like you have the fundamentals when you don't at least that's my that's my that's way I feel about it is that there are some basic things that are foundational that you should you should be doing and, and maybe maybe an exception would be someone who's trying to write in English who's not a native speaker, but yeah, if you can't maintain tense and you can't stay in first or third person, you aren't ready to be baiting having things baited you need to do a little bit more work on figuring out how to how to get a final draft because you don't you aren't there yet say dialogue mechanics are are um foundational i get really frustrated with bad dialogue mechanics um in a long story it's very difficult to correct in a long story where every single time somebody has a line of dialogue, you have to put in a correction. That is so frustrating. Like you can't even imagine. And as a writer, you should be able to look up what dialogue mechanics are and get it right. It shouldn't be rocket science. It isn't rocket science. And you read stuff that had proper dialogue mechanics. So it shouldn't be difficult to work that out but yeah in a, in a novel length work where you have to correct every single line of dialogue because the punctuation is wrong or god help us the punctuation is outside the quote marks uh that's just so frustrating for a beta that it's just not i mean it's honestly it's just not even fair to ask you to do that
0: Are you there?
1: I'm here. I'm just, I'm trying to think um, of anything that really stuck out for me as a problem in beta be- beyond dialogue mechanics and um, just things that people need to work on for their craft. Um, the one one thing that super annoys me in as a reader are really super tremendously long paragraphs. When you're paranoid a thousand words long, I want to smack you. Yeah. I guess I'm a bit of a bossy beta because I just put paragraph I just put returns in. I just put I put the paragraph right. returns in. <laughs> I, I never be. even occurs me to leave that the way it is. I'm like Break, 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 break. Paras <laughs> um, <laughs> <it> fucking exist. <laughs> so, Edie commented that unless the beta's happy to do those kinds of things, like um, change your tenses and fix your first to third person POV flipping, and fix your dialogue mechanics. Um, I mean, I guess. Mm. I'm having—I guess—I have a hard time with the idea that anybody would want to waste their time doing that. When I think that, it's – I guess I feel like if somebody—if I'm not talking about an occasional thing, like somebody messes up their dialogue mechanics occasionally, or someone occasionally—I do that sometimes. I do that. We all do that. But doing it every single time. I will sometimes switch into first person, I mean, not first person, sometimes switch into present tense. I always write past tense. So the fact that I switch into present tense sometimes for two or three pages is an utter mystery to me. I don't understand what, where that comes from. And I'll i do it during sex it. sometimes. Yeah, but we're rereading it and I'll scratch my head and go, what the fuck? <laughs> so, And I try to fix it myself. It's, But it's actually, it's a little bit of an editing challenge to edit from first person because you'll miss things you will need like three edits to switch multiple pages from present tense to past tense, because you'll, you'll miss stuff. Um, when it comes to a novel length, novel length work, anything above about 30 K and someone presents it to me and they consistently can't punctuate around their dialogue. They consistently have the wrong speaker with the dial, the wrong dialogue tag with the wrong person's dialogue. Um, they consistently are changing tense. They're constantly changing from first, to third person, whatever that thing is. It's something completely foundational to writing, and they're handing it off to beta. I don't think any beta should have to waste their time with that, because this person is—they need to spend more time learning how to write. Those are basics: tense, POV, dialogue. I mean, tense, point of view, dialogue mechanics. Those are that's very basic well, craft. I think one of the one of the things in fandom and I think I've encountered it a lot in that writers group is that because they're not writing professionally, they feel no desire whatsoever to improve themselves as a writer. Yeah. It's my hobby, I don't have to get better. So what, you're going to continue to knit the same ugly sweater forever? Okay. If they were learning something, if somebody did it once and they learn from their beta, but a lot of these writers who do that over, they do it over and over and again. They never learn. They just rely on their beta to make their story look good, which I think is not um, a great. Um, it's not a great uh, situation to allow yourself to get into as a person who betas. No. No cuz I mean, it, it's also, I it's have a to say it's abusive but it's not um it's not kosher. I mean, it's Well, I I was I I was, I was reading I was reading this story. It was a finished story by the time I got to it, and it was not this first 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 work. Um but they always thank their beta at the top of every chapter. And um and then I get a chapter like I don't know it's it's a long story and I get to a chapter about partially and they said that their beta was done but they decided to go ahead and post and that they would post the beta version later and it was a stunning difference between the beta version and the unbetaed work I mean I don't mean like a typo here and there I mean it was astonishing how bad <laughs> the story, wow the quality of their writing was I found it unreadable. So their beta had been putting, their story. The work, putting the work in to format things correctly, to change, to, to get the tenses all lined up. It was a lot of foundational stuff. that just wasn't there in the rough draft of this person's story. Well, now, did you notice I said the story was finished? And this is what it said. She never replaced it with a beta version. So I wondered what was going to happen the next chapter was just the same thing. Well, my beta still not available. And the thing is, it's curious to me, they weren't willing to wait for their beta. If, cause you know, if they really wanted the story beta, why weren't they willing to wait? Because they wanted to just go ahead and post because they had a posting schedule and they were talking about they didn't want to miss their posting schedule. Well, their beta never came back. Um, and, if, and I don't, I don't know what the beta story was. She never mentioned it. She said that the beta wasn't available anymore. And if anybody else was willing to work on the story to let her know. Um, and a lot of work and this author had a posting schedule and you know, that beta had a life and this author wasn't improving apparently because she had written several stories with this beta up to that point. And this was her raw craft. I was like, that's stunning. That's stunning that she is this bad several hundred thousand words into her writing. And, um, I, I, imagine that beta, beta like, I, mean, I imagine she just finally just no-showed on that. I was like, I can't deal. Because it has to be pressure. Especially if an author is a whip writer who's posting to a schedule. It's like, hey, can you get this done? Can you get this done? I want to post on Sunday. Can you get this done? And she's also um, I wouldn't, like calling you out on every chapter, letting her readers know that, so, she misses her schedule. It's your fault. Oh, my beta couldn't do it in time. Yeah, I, it just it was it was a bad situation for the beta, and I don't know if that was why the beta abandoned that story. I'd abandon that story. I had no clue in reading this work that I that that that, that what I was reading was really beta craft. It wasn't there. The author had some idea craft. Okay, that's so. There's that, but the quality of the story was all the beta, and that became. I couldn't even finish it because I, I couldn't get past the bad craft. Um, and that's—I mean, to me, I found that offensive on several levels. That author was several hundred thousand words in it, and I hadn't learned anything from her beta, who had been slaving over her work. Who honestly, and my author writing credit to be to be frank, my guess would be that what she was doing was doing an accept all. And posting it. She wasn't even looking at the changes. Oh, God. Um, You're probably right. Would be my guess. Would be my guess. Because I can't, I just don't understand how you could get those corrections over and over and over again and not absorb them on some level. I look at I every mean, how, single correction. Every I don't, single is, one. There's not a comma that goes through that I haven't assessed. I actually, yeah, you know, I won't actually tell you how the freakishness of my how how much of a control freak I am about the, the whole beta process. But uh. I'm sure you're an absolute control freak. I know, I know your weirdness. Oh, it's terrible. I don't use the copy. You, isn't, you're gonna if I agree with the change a beta made, I don't accept it. I put it back. At, I I I make that change in my master document. I don't use the copy my beta send me. I don't do it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess if I was getting thousands of changes, I would have to rethink that policy, but I don't usually get thousands of changes. So I just, you know, they want a comma there, and I agree with it, I go put it in. <laughs> it's a bit of a pain in the ass, but that's just, I just can't deal with it. I can't deal with my final draft having ever been out of my control. Now, ever. let me ask you this. Would it be easier to accept or reject all the changes in your beta document. Then do a comparison to make sure it matches your original. Mm. That's actually really Beyond good what the changes so you, that you've done. Because you know that's exactly... You, 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 you spotted right what the issue was, is I had a beta make changes. And my story was... Didn't with, with, with but they did it without track changes. Off. Because I do the same thing. I do that. After I finish my final from the beta, I do a comparison with my original to make sure that there were no changes made that I didn't approve of. <laughs> that would be faster. <laughs> yes, that would be faster. So your animal is no different than my own. <laughs> I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in the end game, yours is more efficient. Um, but but and is now do, yours I will be have, too. Yes.
0: That's but, like I do
1: have with the uh autocorrect <laughs> Which saved my life. <laughs> oh yeah, that was making me crazy. Stupid Hobbit name, but oh damn, those damn diacritical marks. I was like, oh. But if you do have something um, like. Feely or Keeley or what you know something in your uh, writing that you use a lot that is requiring special punctuation, definitely use an autocorrect option. It really is it's, it's really helpful. Yeah, that way you can just type you know d d i s and it will autocorrect it to capital D you know and I with an acute accent s. So yeah, that all those all those marks were just. <laughs> It was making me crazy I mean, you autocorrect and then curious new auto correct I was like, Oh yes, they changed me. <laughs> I mean the other option <laughs> you could do the other thing you can do is do a find and replace later. At you can end. do a yeah. replace all at the end with all of the you know, feely keely pieces and replace them with their corrected version. Or they replace just all not the put in of extra spaces. In. Yeah. But you know if you're writing, you think your writing is fairly clean and it's a final draft. And by final draft, I mean that you've run a spell check, you've read it yourself, you've edited it yourself. And I would recommend running a grammar checker for you to call it a final draft. Um, and if it's pretty, in pretty clean shape and you're really going to your beta is your final, this is your gate quality control. This is what the beta you know, is. It's being your quality control person that you could do something that's 40 to 50K a couple weeks to a month is completely reasonable. Houston, we have a problem. But no, I mean, like you should definitely, uh, if you hit the the um, the grammar checker on Grammarly and you've got two hundred errors, you need to be looking at your shit. Unless it's all. Yeah. Um, what's that one thing that Grammarly Un- tells me? Unclear antecedent. Oh I was gonna turn that off. <laughs> I know what I'm talking, is, talking about. <laughs> actually and it's kind of the same thing. Grammarly will call it unclear antecedent all the time. Um, I would still recommend that every time it says unclear antecedent that you read it and make sure it is clear. Because especially right. this is this is especially if you've got two main characters of the same gender. Now if you've got if you're two main characters and one's male and one's female Odds are Grammarly is jacked about that. But if you've got two characters who are the same gender than your main characters, your antecedent might actually not be clear. So at least read them and make sure it's obvious in speaking. Also, it will give you squinting modifier a lot. It's usually right about squinting modifiers. Not always, but usually. And that's just usually a case of word order. Where it's noticing that the adverb should be before the thing it's modifying and not after. So just I don't often get the squinting thing. I think like once or twice. I guess I don't do I that. Um, not I. I don't say I didn't jump out of the quality of your writing. Um, I run. I use Grammarly for a lot more than my own writing. Um, And I'll miss squinting modifiers in other people's work because it was clear to me what was being said. But when Grammarly calls out a squinting modifier, I'll stop and reread it and go, could that be interpreted a different way? And if it could be interpreted a different way, uh, usually moving the adverb will reduce the the ambiguousness of the clause. But, yeah, you're going to, one thing you're going to get, especially with fiction writing, is unclear, is unclear antecedents. And just read them and make sure it's obvious who's speaking. And if it is, move on and ignore, ignore the corruption. Ignore, 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 ignore. ignore. What well, I don't like about Grammarly is, like, um, it doesn't... I think Grammarly, if you have it installed on your computer and you do a whole document... It should remember the shit you've already ignored, I agree. It's pretty limited in in what it um pertains about you and and your writing and I have tried too. a whole bunch of different um grammar plugins um but I really feel like if you're using the one from word and you're using them grammarly that it's gonna catch the bulk of your problems, and if you can't you know. If you can't use grammarly on your computer and you have to do it on the um you have to do it on the website you have to do it in short bursts. Do that. Don't be lazy with your own shit and then pass it to a beta. Just don't be lazy with it. Yeah. And that's why we said I mean a lot of people do have beta trauma and that's why we said you do not have to have a beta for the quantum bang. Um but if you decide not to have a beta and but I would give this I would ask that think any writer should do this is that you have to use grammar checkers um, and spelling checkers I, I don't think we should ever have to say you have to spell check your shit but apparently we do um, But and and word I didn't like spell check worse. last because if I don't and I go back to edit I'll fuck it up because I have the worst spelling abilities and then if I do it early on in my draft um, I won't do I'll do it again and I'll have edited and then I'll have spelling errors. So always do your spelling error, like the you know, last thing you do is your spelling check. I do two spell checks, but, yeah, they definitely last, two spelling checkers. Because you can also introduce, yeah, shit, just a simple thing, you can introduce spelling errors. But words, grammar checker used to be shit. It, is, it has gotten a lot better. Um, but there are some settings that can make it easier, like can make it better. Let me go into mine and I will um, talk about the ones that I use. What the fuck is that? She's pulling that up. Speaking of settings, if you use Grammarly, especially if you have the paid version of Grammarly, be sure to set up Grammarly for the type of writing you're doing because it is not going to look at an academic paper the same way it's going to look at a piece of fiction. So there is a setting for the type of writing it is, and you want to be sure to set it to fiction writing so that it looks at your paper like it's a piece of fiction and not. Because there's some some things it's going to call out differently, and there's some errors you'll stop getting because if it doesn't think it's like an academic paper or whatever, it's not going to. So be sure to set up Grammarly correctly. Now, I do let Grammarly check for fragments, but I don't let Microsoft Word do it because I don't think it does a good job. But when you got your uh, grammar settings opening, uh, open in Word, you definitely want to check for punctuation required inside quotes because um, that's where you're going to get your dialogue from. Um, you want to make sure that space is required between sentences is one, not two. It should be one. You should check for capitalization, missed words, noun phrases. Is, it's, it can be hit and miss on that, but I always do it. Um, possessives and plurals, it's, it's actually pretty good at that, except for it. It fucks it up a lot. Um, questions, relative clauses, subject-verb agreement, and verb phrases. And in style... Skip um, gender-specific words, fragments, contractions, and cliches because word isn't great about that. And also, when it comes to fiction writing, um, cliches, colloquialisms, and gender-specific words are just part of the the whole deal. Um, Check for hyphenated, misused words, numbers, because word will call out every single passive sentence you've got, and sometimes you need them. And it's annoying it's almost as annoying as that whole antecedent thing in Grammarly. Um, your writing shouldn't be a hundred percent passive, uh, but Word is really aggressive about it, and it can really—if um, you follow all of its advice on passive um, structure—it'll fuck up your pace. Um, yeah. And then everything after passive should be checked as well, except for, um, well, except for use of first person. This is a kicker because it will fu- it will tag all your dialogue because a lot of times dialogue in a fiction setting can look like first person even in a third person narrative because of active speaking so you don't yes. want to check that use of first person because it will fuck you up yeah that especially that I found that having that thing about um, the passive voice to that that's so frustrating me because i'm like some of the things it t- called out i'm like it's just looking for anything with an ing verb in it i mean that's just it is it does that's, that's exactly what it guesses, does lazy grammar checking and it's really ugh, it's, it'll, it'll really undermine you as a writer it can really attack your voice um I think successive nouns and successive prepositional phrases, I leave those checked. Um, I do check verb phases, and and I do check words and split infinitive, even though I don't always correct them. I do not check wordiness because I'm a wordy bitch. (laughs) And I don't want my grammar checker telling me to stop. (laughs) Because I love myself a compound sentence. You might have noticed. Yeah. Well, compound sentences are really vital for. You don't want to use them all the time, but it, the rhythm is so bad when someone only uses short staccato sentences. And my, that's my opinion. I think it's choppy. I I find it unreadable. It's grating um, to me. It so, but um... there needs to be there's rhythm it, it, and it, are, the rhythm that we naturally kind of gravitate towards is a, is a combination of short and long sentences. And one of the ways you achieve that is making sense between compound sentences. So we have to get over it. Hey, we're, we're down to 90. Oh shit. I lost my, I lost my thing. We're almost out of time. It, it's slightly more than a minute. <laughs> no, yeah. It's slightly more than a minute. We got a minute and three seconds. We got 60 seconds. Um, I, I, I lost the studio. I was uh, looking up that word thing. But, yeah, if um, you have questions about the, edit, the, the the grammar checker in Microsoft Word, just let me know. Um, I'll be happy to talk it over with you because I've spent a lot of time working with it, um, figuring out what works for me. But what works for me might not work for you. You might need help with wordiness. I don't want help with my wordiness. You might need help with um, passive writing that I don't need. So you should tailor your grammar checker to meet the needs of your of yourself as a writer. We're down to 21 seconds. Second night jilly. Good night everyone.